Hello, Molo, Sawbona, Jumbo, and welcome to Every Nation Durban. We are part of a global family of churches with the purpose to honor God by establishing Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, socially responsible churches and campus ministries in every nation. You can find us in big cities like London, New York, Paris and Joburg. You can also find us in nations like Bangladesh, Botswana, China and even Hawaii. In Durban, we have a local vision of being a healthy church that starts other healthy churches. Our mission is reach, disciple, impact. We want to reach every person, every campus, and every nation. Join this mission to honor God and advance His kingdom. Awesome stuff. Come on. Have you got a Bible? Let's get into some word. Let's get into some word. As a church, we're, we're in a season of consecration, prayer, and dedication. If you've just joined us, just to let you know, we, we're doing 40 days of praying for revival. We're into our second week now. Um, and the way we're doing it is, is we're going to have, we've got a prayer room over there, 24-7 prayer room. And, and we've got somebody in that prayer room at 6 a.m. every day and 6 p.m. every evening, sun, Rise and sunset, and we're praying as a church for revival. We're doing it as a team. We've had families going there. We've had connect groups going there. We've had married couples going there. We've had singles going in there. We've, it's been an incredible week where people have been sending photos and little videos of them visiting the prayer room at 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. every day. And the, the vibe and the, the, the spirit and just walking into that room now, you can feel the difference. Um, it's just incredible. And I just want to encourage you, if you haven't yet signed up for a slot, if you haven't yet committed to a, a moment, uh, a 6 a.m. or a 6 p.m., there are spaces available in this, in this next coming week. Rafil, we can ask you just to stand to your feet. There's the beautiful, gorgeous Rafil Ware. If you want to book a slot, chat to her. And get signed up this week because I don't want you to miss out. There is something special and powerful that God is doing right now. And, uh, and it's just wonderful for me just seeing the collective power of the church, uh, of everybody just taking a, a slut, but, but us all going in with the same heart and same passion. So, uh, if you, if you also just, I wanted to let you know, like, cause we're outside and I don't have a PowerPoint for this message, there is the iConnect that is going out on WhatsApp. And I've put all my notes and, and scriptures into the iConnect. It's kind of like a different iConnect. Normally it's just a summary. But this time I, I'm putting everything in so that if you're here and you've got the iConnect on your phone, you can actually open it up and follow the scriptures there. It might be easier to do that. Or if you're online as well, you, you will have the blessing of PowerPoint coming your way. So, <laughs> um, I want to say I know it's a little bit warm outside and I know pigeons fly around. And, um, and I know it's quite easy to get distracted, but I, I really feel like this is, this is a word that I, I don't want you to miss out on. When I was prepping this word, I, I, I had some revelation moments of, of just the time and the season that we're in right now. And, um, and, I'm, and my prayer is, is that as we get into the word today, and we are, guys, we're going we're gonna to get into the word. I know... 
were outside and I could easily just rather do like a more, you know, lighter sermon. But, but we're going to get into the Word today and we're going to look at scriptures. And so I'm going to ask you just help, you know, uh, help me and, and stay in tune because there's revelation here as we dig into these scriptures. And the Word of God is alive and it's full of power. And so I want to encourage you just to, to dig in with me today. We've been talking about revival, and we've been talking about what is revival, and, the, and really the heart behind everything up until now has been so that we could have one language and one voice when it comes to the topic of revival, that, that all of us would know exactly what revival is, and then when we ask for revival, that we know what we're asking for. So that's what we've been kind of driving after, and we've learned so far that revival is what? It's God coming near. It's the church coming alive, and it's the lost getting saved. So revival, in its simplest definition, is God coming near. It's the God rending the heavens and God the Holy Spirit coming down upon His church like we see in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 2, when there was the sound of a mighty rushing wind and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. That is revival. When the Holy Spirit shows up in, in His majesty, in His power, and in His glory. And the result of that is always two things. That the church comes alive. And this is what we see in the book of Acts. We see a whole bunch of disciples who are scared and hiding for their lives. Their leader has been crucified and, 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 and the, the authorities are all against them. And there's, there's talk of punishment, imprisonment, even death. And yet we see the Holy Spirit come upon them and they come alive and they literally change an entire empire. In the next couple years, they just, the gospel goes out with power, signs, wonders, transforming entire cities. The church came alive. And what we see also is that the lost get saved when God comes near. There are, why, why does the church come alive and why do the lost get saved? Well, because those are the two most important things to God. <laughs> is that His church would be the reflection of Jesus on the earth. I want you to know that our Father in Heaven wants the church to be empowered. When we ask for the Holy Spirit, we're not asking for something that He doesn't want to give. When, he, when we pray that you would send the Holy Spirit, He wants to send it because He wants His church to be alive with power. He told His disciples to wait in Jerusalem until you are clothed with power. Don't go do anything until the power comes upon you. He wants to clothe His church in power. He wants to see all of us stepping into the gifting and the calling, becoming disciple makers, healers, deliverers, preachers of the gospel. He wants his body to come alive. And also he wants the lust to get saved. And so when God shows up, let me tell you something. The two most important things on his heart are going to be on the agenda. We're going to see the church come alive and we're going to see the lust get saved. And in Acts chapter 2, we see 3,000 people come rushing to that upper room and saying, what's going on? And all of them give their lives to Jesus. 3,000 people in one day all got baptized. I don't know how they facilitated that. Imagine if we had to, 3,000 people showed up here. Because the Holy Spirit came down on us, man. And all of a sudden, all these people come up the ramp and we're going to have to just, we do just baptisms quick, you know. Maybe pull out the hose and... <laughs> uh. <laughs> yes, I'm that guy. 
two big indicators of the need for revival are the state of the church and the state of the harvest. The state of the church and the state of the harvest. Does the church need to come alive? And are there lots of unsaved people who need to know Jesus? That is a good indicator that revival is needed. And I don't know about you, but when I look around at the church globally, and when I look at the harvest like we did last week, we saw that there were over 3 billion unreached people groups in the world. 3 billion people who are unreached in the world. Let me tell you something. The church is in need of a reviving, and there is a need for the lust to come in. The harvest is ripe. And so personally, I think the writing is on the wall. I think that when we align today and we say, Lord, send revival, I believe we're praying a prayer for the time, for the moment, a prayer that's in season, a prayer that he wants to, that he wants to answer. So I'm going to ask you just to join me in Exodus 19, and I want to show you something here. Are you together with me? Exodus 19 and verse 10. It says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow. So that's two days. Can you say two days? All right. Go to the people, consecrate them today and tomorrow, and let them wash their clothes and let them be ready for what day? The the third day. Does that sound familiar? A third day? For on the third day, the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the peoples. Consecrate yourselves for how many days? Two days. What's going to happen thereafter? On the third day, he will, God was going to come and visit them. Where, where else do we hear about three days in the Bible? Jesus rose from the dead on the third day. So I want you to notice, we're right like in the beginning of the Bible here, and we're seeing a pattern in the Bible. God, God is a God of patterns. He lays down patterns. All right. And what we see in this pattern right there is that there's two days of consecration, two days to get your life right, two days to pray, two days to seek his face. There's a time that he allows for us to get ourselves ready. And then he comes and visits on a third day. I want us to fast forward to Hosea chapter six and see something very interesting here. It says, come and let us return to the Lord. Verse 1, for he is torn, but he will heal us. He is stricken, but he will bind us up. After two days, he will revive us. Can you say he will revive us? After how many days? After two days, he will revive us. And then what? On the third day, he will raise us up that we may live in his sight. Can you see now this is later. This is one of the. The minor prophets Hosea, and he's, he's reiterating a pattern in scripture. And he's calling the nation of Israel to repentance. And he's saying, guys, prepare yourselves for two days because God will revive us. And what he's doing is he's basically repeating the pattern in Exodus. And he's saying, guys, let's get our hearts right. Why? Because God will visit us. God will show up. He will raise us up. He will revive us. This is how God does us. So two days and then he will revive us. And on the third day, he will raise us up then he says something very interesting he then says let us know and let us pursue the knowledge of the lord what does that mean he's basically saying let's study god let's let's understand god 
Let's apply our minds and let's look at God. Let us know and let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. Why? Because His going forth is established as the morning. What does that mean? It means, it means His ways are established. They're predictable. We can understand them. There are patterns that we can see in Scripture. His ways all right, are, are like the morning, are established as the morning. Every morning that sun rises, amen? Are we feeling it now? <laughs> Every morning that sun rises, we know, okay, we can predict the time of its rising. And he's basically saying, Hosea is basically saying, God is not just this random, unpredictable God. His ways, we can understand them. He gives us time to get our lives right. And then he visits us again. So let's study God. Let's understand God. Let's understand the seasons we're in, the times that we're in. This is what he's saying to us. Let's understand God. His ways are established. He's not that far a mystery to us. And then he carries on and he says, He will come to us like the rain, like the latter rain and the former rain to the earth. Hosea is giving us a clue as to how God will come. He says, God will come to us like... The rain, like the latter rain and the former rain to the earth. It's really interesting that in Israel, what you see is that there are, there are two rain seasons in Israel. There's two rain seasons. There's the, the early rains or the former rains, which are October to November. And those rains come on the hard ground. And they signal the time for farmers to begin plowing and planting seed. So the rain comes, the former rain comes, the early rain comes, right? And it wets the ground so that they can plow it open and start planting. It marks the beginning of harvest time. Then there is the latter rain that comes. And that's towards the, right at the end of the harvest time. This is now when the harvest has been planted it's been growing and the latter rain comes and it pours out on that harvest and the harvest ripens and gets totally ready and it marks the end of the harvest season. So there's the former or early and then there's the latter rains. And Hosea is exhorting us and he's telling us, guys, here's a clue as to how God moves. He comes with a, a former rain, right? And then he comes with the latter rain. In between, in Israel, there are scattered rains as well. Throughout the winter period, there are scattered rains that happen. But then there is a latter rain which says, right, it's harvest time now. It's get ready for harvest. It's like pull out the harvesting equipment, get the tractors, get the staff, get everybody ready because the latter rain is here. It's harvest time. I want you to know that without rain, there is no harvest. There's no harvest without rain. And we know in Scripture that rain is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. And I want you to see that there's something here, what Hosea is saying, that God, when He comes like a former rain, it's the Holy Spirit gets poured out like rain on His people. And then the harvest begins. And then there's a latter rain which matures the harvest. And it's really interesting that when we look at the book of Acts and we see the Holy Spirit arriving in Acts chapter 2, what happens immediately then? There's a harvesting that takes place. Mass harvesting that takes place there. There's this, this, the pouring out of rain comes 
And it's everywhere. There's like revival breaks out. It's not only in Jerusalem, but Philip goes down to Samaria and entire cities turn to Jesus. It happens in Antioch. It, it happens in Ephesus. It's, there was this outpouring of the Holy Spirit that wasn't limited to one geographic zone. It happened in Cornelius' house. It happened in Judea. It happened in Samaria. It happened in, in, in modern-day Greece, in those, in those cities like Athens. And there was, a, there was a global outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And many believe that that was the former reign of the Holy Spirit. From that time to this time, there have been scattered revivals all over the world. Scattered showers of revival in, in different cases. It's never been a global thing. There's always been scattered showers. And so when we look at like the pattern we see in Scripture, can you see where I'm building up to with this? Is that he got it. The Hosea is telling us this is how God moves. He comes in former and latter rains. In the Scriptures, what we see, we, can't, we see a former a former rain of the Holy Spirit coming on the earth. Then we see scattered showers for the last 2,000 years. The question is, could there be a latter rain? Could there be a latter move of the Holy Spirit like we see in the book of Acts? Could there be a global outpouring of the Holy Spirit? You know, let me just talk about the scattered rains that have been happening. And I'm going to bring this close to, to South Africa. We've seen pockets of revival breaking out all over. In 1908, John G. Lake and a number of other missionaries arrived here in South Africa and began to preach the gospel in the power of the Holy Spirit. And God came down in South Africa in an unprecedented way. Many were saying it was one of the, the most incredible revivals in the history of revivals happened here in South Africa. They preached all over and God moved in such incredible power that in five years, 500 churches were started with 250,000. This is 1908. 250,000 people back then is a lot of people, amen, in that time. 250,000 people were saved and committed their lives and made decisions to serve Jesus. And 500 churches were started in five years. That's 100 churches a year. You've got to know that that's, okay, we look at that and we go, that's revival. That's revival. Many of you know the name of the church, the, the organization, it's the AFM, the Apostolic Faith Mission. That's what was birthed right there in that time. The Apostolic Faith Mission has survived over now 100 years since that time to and has become 1,800 churches. It's the largest charismatic Pentecostal church in South Africa today with 1.2 million members. But I want you to see the pattern. The reign of the Holy Spirit comes. And what happens? The, the hard ground is plowed and a harvest begins to grow. And we see that harvest beginning to grow and grow and grow. To the point now where there's, you know, with his churches all over South Africa, birthed out of that, out of that movement. Then, just 50 years ago, here in KZN, we had some missionaries working up in Mapamulo. And they were struggling. Like there was just no breakthrough over that church. Nobody was getting saved. Nobody was getting healed. Nobody was getting baptized. There were like 40 members and they were just struggling. 
And so what they did was, as a small church of just 40 people, they gathered together and they began to pray at 5 a.m. and 7 p.m. We're doing 6 p.m. and 6 a.m., right? They got together at 5 a.m. and 7 p.m. And every single day, the whole church gathered at those hours and began to pray for an hour. And they studied the book of Acts together. They stopped everything else. That's what they were doing. They were hungry for God and thirsty for God. And in one of the meetings, a young woman, a new believer, stood up and she prayed these words. She said, Oh Lord Jesus, we have heard the early church, what the early church was like. Couldn't you come down and be in our midst as you came down 2,000 years ago? Couldn't our church be the same as the one in Jerusalem? And that prayer had an anointing on it. And so from that moment, the whole church began to pray, revive your work, O God. Revive your work. And a week and a half later, just a week and a half later, God rent the heavens and came down. They know the exact day. It was December in 1967. Revival broke out. They were in a cow shed praying when they heard the noise like a great wind. Sound familiar? Everybody was conscious of the presence of God and all they could do was bow down and begin to worship the God of heaven. A great awareness came over them as they prayed and the Holy Spirit was poured out on them in such power. Not only was God pouring it out on them in the cow shed, but on the entire geographic area for like 50 kilometers around them, God's glory fell in in KZN. Come on. Come on. God has visited KZN many times. Hey, come on. In KZN, he came down in such great power over the entire community. Listen to this. It says, people were overwhelmed with the conviction of sin. They couldn't sleep. They couldn't go to work. People were desperate to be freed from their sins. They came to the church as if led by some mysterious hand. No signs, no SMSs, no WhatsApps, no Facebook adverts, nothing. The people were coming. They knew where to go as if led by some mysterious hand. People began streaming to the Mapamula congregation for prayer. This is the account. This is what they said. Hundreds of people flocked to where we were. We could not go out the front door of the building at, at any time because at any time of the day or week, there would be a hundred, maybe two hundred people standing outside. The conviction was so deep that some of them couldn't believe that Jesus could even forgive them. They came with tears, but they left with joy. Their lives were changed and all things became new. That revival saw literally thousands of people over the entire region getting saved. Incredible healings took place. Witch doctors were getting saved and delivered from demonic powers. There was mass burnings of idols, charms, and amulets. And that's happened those are just two things that have happened here on our, on our soil, here in South Africa. And in many ways, these are like former rains. They've broken up hard ground. They've come in many corners around the world. And what they do is they lead to the establishing of churches and structures that we have today. If anything, they kick-started the harvest season. They started the harvest season. But they were all geographically scattered. And many people now are asking, we know God comes in former rains and scattered rains, but could there be a latter rain? Could there be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that marks the end of the harvest season? A global outpouring of the Holy Spirit. 
In James chapter 5 and verse 7 it reads, Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. So the Apostle James is exhorting the church and he's saying, Guys, you've got to be patient. We're talking about Jesus coming back. He is going to come back. But be patient until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth. Waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. You also be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. James is trying to tell his congregation, yes, Jesus will come back. But be patient. Why? Because God is like a farmer. Earth is a harvest field. Okay, Think about the illustrations and the parables that Jesus shared. He spoke about earth being a harvest field. Uh, uh, this is, he spoke about the harvest at the end of the age that would come. And so James is saying the same thing. He's saying God is like this farmer and he's waiting to harvest the earth. But look what he waits for. He waits for the early rain and he waits for the latter rain. And then what? Jesus comes back. And what we see here, guys, is that before the coming of the Lord there will be a latter rain. Before Jesus comes back, there is going to be a global outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the earth. Skip forward to Peter, 2 Peter 3.8. It says the following. But beloved, do not forget this one thing that the that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as a, as a day. And the Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. We'll just pause there. The Apostle Peter is giving us another clue as to how God works. He says, a day is as a thousand years. And a thousand years is as a day. What is the pattern we see in Scripture? In Exodus, there are two days to get yourself right. And then on the third day, He's going to come. If a day is a thousand years to the Lord, could it be that He's giving us two thousand years to get ourselves ready and on the third day, in the third millennium, that he, he, will, he will visit us again. Jesus will come back. Saints, I want us to understand that we're about a decade away from Jesus' crucifix, his crucifixion and his resurrection. We're just, just over a decade away from 2,000 years of his death and his resurrection. It's a decade away. Roundabouts, maybe another 13 years, will mark 2,000 years or two days of God patiently waiting. Why? Because He's not willing that any should be lost, that any should perish, but that all should be saved. A day is as a thousand years, a thousand years is a day. Church, all I want to communicate this morning is the significance of the hour we're in. Let's be like those virgins with our lamps trimmed, full of oil and ready for the coming of the Lord. 
I think the writing is on the wall. We don't know the day or the hour that he's coming back. But Jesus did say this, we will know the season. So we don't know the day if it's going to be a Tuesday at 10 p.m. or whenever. We don't know that. But we do know the season. And Jesus exhorted his followers. He says, look to the seasons. Look to the writing that's on the wall. And I believe that that's what God is doing for us as a church right now. He's saying, guys, be alert. Be awake. Understand the time, the season that you're in right now. Do not fall asleep in this hour. Do not become complacent. Do not become worldly. Do not get into the traps of this world. Do not be a comfortable church. Do not seek after consumerism. Do not get lost in the things of this world right now because this is the hour. This is the hour we need to have our lamps trimmed. Before he comes back, there will be a latter rain. There will be a global outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And we've got to think about just the fact that we are in a time where there is a global pandemic on the earth right now. No matter where you go, everybody's wearing these masks. (laughs) Any nation around the earth. It's like the whole world has become one in this moment. This is something we haven't seen in history. There's a global cry for breath at the moment. The writing is on the wall to us. It's saying, wake up world. Get ready world. Get, get, wake up and, and realize that the breath of heaven is about to be poured out in a global, unprecedented way. Could this be the time for the latter rain? Well, if we've got a decade and a half left, and if we see what happened in South Africa with John G. Lake and, and, and all his the AFM leaders... They planted 500 churches in five years. Hey, if we've got 15 years, (laughs) our prayer should be, Jesus, 1,500 churches in the next 15 years. And if they saw 250,000 getting saved, I think our prayer, which is right for the time, should be be here in Durban. Lord, let's let's trust you for a harvest of 2.5 million people in the city. Let's trust for a harvest. Let's see the whole of Durban saved. Amen? Like, let's trust for that. Let's trust for that. We could never do that in our own strength. But if God came near, let me tell you something, that becomes very possible. <laughs> and not only if He came on every nation Durban, but if He came on all the churches around the city, because that is our prayer. We're one church in the city. If He came to every corner of the city and visited every congregation, we could see a harvest of two and a half million people in the city. We could be empowered like Philip. I imagine, I imagine this. I've got an imagination. I, I hope you've got one too. But I imagine the Holy Spirit poured out on every single congregation in this city. And I imagine maybe about, I don't know, 50, 100,000 Philips and Philippettes <laughs> rising in these congregations. Like we see, just Philip was a deacon. And uh, deaconesses are rising in the con- Going down and winning entire areas to Jesus like we see Philip doing in the Bible. Missionaries like Paul and Silas and Barnabas being sent out to far nations. And when they go there, churches are planted, cities are getting saved. Maybe some of you are going to be sent out to those nations. Who knows what happens when the Holy Spirit comes on you? Who knows what you're going to be when the Holy Spirit has filled you up? And all those gifts that God has put in you are starting to come out. Who knows what you can be, what you can do. 
My prayer is that we will have many Philippettes and Philips in this church rising up. Winning areas, church planners, church teams going out. Maybe you'll be joining some of those. Make sure you've got a Bible and a passport, people. We are in an exciting time. Is your passport ready? Make sure your passport is ready because the Lord can call you. He can move and He can speak and He can say, your time is now. Listen, I had no idea that I'd be doing what I'm doing today. And then God spoke. And then God arrived. <laughs> and then He was like, you will do this. And I'm like, yes, Lord. Send you to Potchefstroom. Send you to Uzbekistan. Send you to... Kutu. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Watch out, Kutu. The Spirit of the Lord is coming upon you. <laughs> Guys, the state of the church and the state of the lust are indicators of revival being needed. Michael Brodeur said the following about the state of the church. He says, in many ways, the church has become shipwrecked on the shores of this world. And what he's saying is basically like Samson lying in the arms of Delilah. Hmm? Stroking him to sleep and slowly snipping away his hair. In many ways, the church, that's a picture of the church today. We've, we've been lulled into this lullaby of the world and consumerism and, and slowly the power has been snipped away. And the Bible says that Samson rose up and he did not know that the Lord was not with him anymore. There is a sleepiness over the church that we need to fight against. And I think, I'm just going to say this. This is just my opinion. This is not scripture, okay? But I think this coronavirus is an attack of the enemy. And I think he's very scared of us gathering in this hour. I think he knows what heaven's going to do. He knew that Jesus was coming. So he started to kill all the babies through Herod. He knew that Moses was coming. So he began to kill all the, the Hebrew boys, babies, and, and children. Moses had to escape. Jesus had to escape to Egypt. Moses had to escape in a basket. He knows. He can hear. He can see. Hey, 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 ah. Invasion's coming. Let's do. Let's stop. Let's let's mess up. Let's try. Let's try do something that's gonna change, like interrupt the plan. And 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 I think this coronavirus is him basically saying, "I'm dead scared of what heaven's about to do." I think God's gonna pour out His breath. Let's take the breath from people before they can get harvested. Let's just let's do a reaping of death over the earth before God can do His reaping of life over the earth. And so I want to say we need to fight to stay together in this hour. We need to fight to, to keep meeting however we can, in whatever way is safe, whatever way is good, whatever way is, you know, within the boundaries of honoring our leaders as well. But let's not fall asleep in this hour. Because I don't want to be one of those virgins without, with my lamp not trimmed and the day of the Lord comes. And I don't want us to be a church that goes, oh, Jonga, Revival. Nazi. Nazi revival over there. No, 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 no. We want to be the church that says, Tonga, Buka, revival is right here. 
Wozza Durban. Wozza. Come and drink. Wozza. Wozza. Come and drink right here. This is where you can find the water. Why? Because we're digging a well. We're digging a well right now. This is what we're doing in this season. We're hitting that prayer room and we're digging a well. And all of us are united, one heart, one cry. We're saying, Lord, send your spirit. Let me tell you something. He, that, he wants to answer that prayer. He said, if you being evil know how to give good gifts, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? I want to close with this one scripture in Zechariah. And this is so powerful, people. Check this out. Zechariah chapter 10 and verse 1. I, I don't know if you, who's got it in front of them? Can you, can you raise your hand in the eye connect or whatever? Just raise your hand if you can see Zechariah 10 and verse 1. Just keep it up. Okay, not, not many of us. I'm going to give you a moment to find it. If you've got a Bible page there, yeah. This is worth checking out. I haven't seen this before. Let me tell you something. When I read the scripture, I don't know if I can say that. <laughs> Let me just think for a moment. When I read the scripture in the boardroom this week, I told Trish this. I heard the enemy get super afraid. I literally heard demonic spirits in the room to the point where I jumped out of my chair and looked around. And I began to pace around the boardroom just praying when I read this, this scripture. That you're about to read today. I think you would love this scripture just to be hidden right now. I don't. Th- I think this scripture is a key to what the church needs to be doing in this hour. Zechariah ten one. Are we all there? It says, "Let's read together. Ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. The Lord will make flashing clouds." He will give them showers of rain, grass in the field for everyone. Grass can also be translated as just harvest for everyone. Harvest for everyone. What do you need to do in the time of the latter rain? You need to ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. We have to ask, knock, and seek. I know we all got personal lives here. Some of us trusting God for a husband and a wife and a car and a job. And I know we're asking God for all of these things. But can I ask, please, that we ask him for rain? I'm not saying put down your other asks. Can I just ask you to shift this one to the top, to the number one, that you ask for rain. I think we're in the time of the latter rain. But we need, to, we need to obey the word. The word is telling us you ask for rain in the time of the latter rain. And, and, the, and the promise is there that the Lord will then send flashing clouds. In other words, he's going to send rain. And I love the way he says flashing clouds. It's like, you know when that storm comes in and it's just like, it's a rending of the heavens. And then the heavens open and the flood just comes. And then he'll give them showers of rain. This is what we're praying for over us as a church. And there will be harvest for everyone. That we will pull in a harvest as every nation in Durban. Can you say amen to that? All right. Let's, let's just stand. I'm, I'm, I'm finished this morning. I, I hope you got that.
Let's just take a moment to pray. Pumlani, why don't you come on up and, and just rap for us today. Amen. Can we give Pastor Wayne a hand? Um, what a powerful word. You know, thank you so much, Mfundisi. It seems like every week, you know, when you come up here, it's like going up and up and up, which is so awesome. Uh, before we pray, I just want to re- recap on what Pastor Wayne said. I'm just going to summarize everything that he said. He said, without rain, there's no harvest. Right? And without God drawing near, there is no revival. Amen. So I want us to pray and ask God, you know, to send His Holy Spirit. Just like in the day of the Pentecost, you know, God showed up. The Bible tells us that they were gathered, you know, in one place in the upper room. And they were together praying. And the Holy Spirit came like a rushing wind. And we see that also in the church in Guamapumulo, God doing the same thing. God has been doing great things um, in, 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 uh, in South Africa. So I want us to, to pray. Just raise your hands and ask God to come and touch us. Father, we pray in this place. We are here as your church, Lord God. We are praying for revival, mighty God. We are asking, Lord God, may you come Draw near, Lord God, in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray, Lord God, we know we cannot do it on our own strength, but we need you, mighty God. We pray, Father, that you touch each and every one of us, mighty God. That you touch us, mighty God. That you touch us, mighty God. Use us, Lord God. We are your vessel. We are your people, Lord God. We are ready for your move, mighty God. Father, we pray right now as we are raising our hands, Lord God. We are saying, Lord God, come. Come Holy Spirit. 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 Come Holy Spirit right now. Right now, right now. Right now, right now. Yes, Lord. More, Lord God. More of your presence, Lord God. More, Lord God. I feel like God is saying, be free. Be free. Be free. Be free. Be free in the name of Jesus Christ. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Thank you for joining Church Online today. We hope that you were inspired and challenged by today's message. We would like to encourage you to join one of our connect groups where you can make friends and discuss the word further. You can message us on 072-606-6747 to join a connect group or to send us any prayer needs you might have. To give your tithes and offering, please visit our website www.endurban.org to get our bank details and zapper code. Have a safe and blessed week.